1: The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors Opal. Drogheda, Dawkin Cavan. Discover the all-new Opal Mokka, featuring Opal's iconic new signature visor, stunning Opal Pure Panel, and a choice of petrol, diesel, or fully electric. The new Opal Mokka is less normal, more Mokka. Visit Blackstomotors.ie You're very
2: welcome to uh, Thursday afternoon's Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. Great to have you with us on the show today. Now, we are going to talk litter for the next while on Late Lunch, and it's an issue and a problem all over the place. It's, you know, and it's been highlighted this week more so with the Irish Business Against Litter Survey report, which has seen the town of Drogheda finish up one from bottom of the league table in the league table 39th out of 40 uh uh surveyed for this particular one this year and it's a huge huge disappointment but i can tell you on this show we've spoken about this in the past and it's not just a draw issue it happens all over the northeast and there are huge difficulties with this. But today on the show I'm delighted to be joined by Jerry Layden. Jerry, how are you? Your reaction please to to this uh, finding. To
3: appointment I think Jerry uh, like I think there isn't uh, a person in the town from the council like to the, the tidy Town's group that are very very disappointed in that. You know clearly we got our heads up uh, last year, we dropped in the rating significantly, but from a town that back in 2018 was in the top 10, like, you know, it's a very disappointing place to be, and despite some of the efforts, and a lot of the efforts made, and the fight back made in the last you know, six months, nine months It hasn't improved and that is really the disappointing part. So I think it's a challenge for us all, like, you know, all organisations from the council to the tidy towns to businesses and to each and every one of us involved to, to, you know, attack this face on and to address this little issue.
2: Because it is a problem, yeah. Gerry, out socially last evening I was talking about it in a group and with a lot of people who live in the or greater Drogheda area and their view on Drahada is, and there's been a lot of things happening that are very good, the new murals, you can see the, the flower beds and things like that but in general terms the the overall feeling was that Drogheda is grubby and that the litter is just part and parcel of the town now. That's a shocking uh, thought to carry with you, isn't it?
3: Yeah, No, and that is a very disappointing view, and to be honest, disappointing from a few points of view. Number one, that's the reality, and that reflects in the community we live in and, you know, where we live, work and play and a detrimental impact. But also, it kind of takes away from all of the good work that's happening elsewhere, as you mentioned the jury. And I think, like, it's a broad issue, like, you know, each and every group involved need to need to really step up and take, you know, full ownership of this problem because each and every one of us every day, you know, have litter and we need to manage that litter. We need to put that litter in a bin. We need to take that litter home. Like you'll see in the report that we've been really hit hard in terms of the centre of town, like, you know, and we see a lot of that, to be honest, coming from a lot of the activities around fast food, takeaway. Cups, you know, from coffees, all of that. A lot of that is is, is, is lying on as litter, and we're seeing that every day. And those are the areas, and you know, that we need to work on, and those are the businesses we need the absolute support in uh, to drive it forward, as well as the council, like you know, who are doing work on it but continually to need to drive the cleaning processes and routines throughout the town. But each one of us an individual, you know, play plays a role in this jury. But and like we're working with all the key stakeholders. We work closely with the council, we'll in talk, talking about the routines, the cleaning processes, our chair Kevin Callan, as a member of the council, I know they are actively engaged in this and a follow-up to the report. Not only this week, but last year when it came up, so we're actively bringing requirements and 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 concerns to the council in that regard and pushing them to. But also in terms of, frankly, enforcement of this across the town, like you know, businesses have responsibility one hundred metres from the business, to manage the litter. And, you know, uh, it, it needs to be managed and proactively managed. And that's what we're working with the Chamber and looking at putting in place a charter that businesses could sign up to, to really enshrine this in their, in the, in their working day-to-day routines so that we can manage that. But then it comes back to us as individuals too. We all need to manage the litter. Yes. Like Jerry. Yes. So it's, it's, it's a complicated problem and it goes across a lot of areas.
2: Yes, it's multi Jerry, Can I start, first of all, with the council? Are you happy there's enough bins and that the bins are being emptied uh, on a frequent basis? Uh, you know, that when they're full or they're overflowing, that the, the, the litter is emptied and taken away. Are there enough bins and are they being emptied?
3: And, and Jerry, there probably never are enough bins. But yep. to be honest, we don't see that as there being the crunch of the problem. Okay. To be quite honest, we see, you know, the, we need to put the litter in bins. Mm. Right? So, litter so so come
2: back to that, in. Jerry, for a second. Uh, the council as well, we have a litter warden and the responsibility yep. is, and I know they've issued uh, fines and quite a number last year as well, is it being policed enough that those businesses you mentioned, especially food and fast food businesses, that if you walk down uh, Drogheda, which uh, I have, there's a picture up on the LMFM site today of only yesterday uh, on uh, Peter Street in Drogheda, down near the, the bottom of it towards West Street, the litter is just unbelievable early yesterday morning. are uh, Is the people and those responsible for that litter being uh, taken to task and fined?
3: And not adequately, to be honest with you, and I'm not controlled by any means. And some businesses are responding very well, but some businesses aren't, frankly. And we have a uh, follow up last year, we actively engaged with the council in terms of, you know, enhancing those enforcement and following through on the enforcement, you know, and it's uh, about derelict premises too where the litter and the, the state of them also add to this problem, to be honest. So the answer is no, Gerry. Like, you know, there, there has to be more enforcement. There has to be more accountability at some of these businesses. And it's unfortunately, like everything in the world, it's taken away from the people that are doing the good work yeah. a small number. Mm. But there has to be more. And we, with the warden and with the council, that's something we're, we're pushing for. And I know Kevin on the, on the, on the council is actively engaging in that. Uh, and and the council are responding, and they have brought, as you say, more fines in in recent months. But you know, I think uh, the fill enforcement at business levels that needs to be followed through on further.
2: Let's come back to personal responsibility, because you're right. You you alluded to it a few moments ago there, and it it really begins on the basis of one. Each individual, every single one of us, have to take responsibility. Do you think enough is being done to educate young people on, you know, uh, the the basic premise that if you have litter, you should put it in a bin or take it with you, take it home and dispose of it properly? Is Is there a problem there?
3: And there's more that can be done. And to be honest, Jerry, in all of these areas, there's a lot more that can be done to drive clarity around each individual's responsibility and the way they can bring benefit. Because again, it goes back: so many people do so much good work in this, and then it's so few, a few that actually end up leaving us where we are. And as and you yeah, say, like you know, it's the takeaway it's the fast food it 's the early morning example you 've caught there that seems to be where we 're all focused, and that 's where we see a serious issue so there is a, there is whether it 's the opening up after COVID or whatever, and the a process, that definitely has has had a major negative impact on what we 're seeing every day, not alone in the eyeball report, and that's something. That, you know, needs to be addressed. So there's a, bit of behavior, there's a lot of behavior in that, like not just at youth, but at all ages, I would say. And also, there clearly is, as I say, the, the businesses that are involved in that. Need to also get more involved and, and stand up to it. Yes,
2: and, and you're right to make that point. I was going to come back to it. I, I, education starts young, it starts at home, it starts in the school, and we need to begin there. But you're right, it's all ages because yes. you mentioned the pandemic. Sure, look, Jerry, you saw it yourself when you're out and about cleaning up. The amount of masks that I'm sure you picked up yes. just uh, tossed on the ground, you know, from yes. pandemic times was just disgraceful. But there's, there's this, you know, this thing, Jerry, a sense of pride in your place when. Wherever you live.
3: And there is, and to be honest, and again, as I said earlier, this is uh, overshadowing a lot of the great work that's happening elsewhere. And that great work is driven by what you said there pride in, you know, people and people as they engage. And, you know, that's one thing we'll be saying in the of Tidy Towns. We have really reset the base. We've, we've spent a lot of time on putting a five year strategic plan developed it over the last number of months, we launched it for consultation and we, we got a lot of support from the Mayor, the Council, you know, Drahida Bids and Trevor and the group as well as, as well as Robert and the Chamber in regard to all of that. So we have this plan. We need uh, broad engagement from the community because there's a load of really low hanging fruit as well as real opportunities in that. And we want to connect a lot of the great work that's going on through residence groups small uh, other groups mm. that are doing pickup. So that's uh, very much, and turn the focus on it, like, you know, the Tidy Towns would have over the years, you know, driven initiatives like the Stanley Gardens there would also have the Princess Grace Garden in the in the most recent years, and it's a year, and it's coming to a culmination now with the Glyn Biodiversity Park, which, uh, which has got a major upgrade, you know, with biodiversity planting orchards. You know, mm. and there's a lot of
2: good so lot things. Of we yeah, want to no, focus on no, that. No, and no there focus. is Jerry, and, and for sure. Listen to this. This uh, and and look at it. if you want to say something about the litter situation in Drogheda, all oh, your town, any of the towns across the northeast, Dundalk, Navin, Kells, Strim, wherever you are today, and uh, they've they've all you've all been assessed as well in in this survey. Oh eight six eighteen hundred six five eight. WhatsApp or text me. That's oh eight six eighteen hundred six five eight by WhatsApp. Or text i just want to read this one and the, the more comment coming to me as we talk jerry and um, this comes in from frank in draw and he says draw is a dirty town it's not the bins i'm talking about jerry take a look at the footpaths the old buildings covered in weeds small trees nettles growing out of them guttering on buildings buildings falling down you know, he says the councillors, you mentioned Kevin there in your conversation, they have to take responsibility as well, says Frank. Just look at Navin, Jerry. Go to Navin, he says, says Frank, a much cleaner town. How can they do it, Jerry?
3: Yeah, and I would say we fully agree with him that the derelict structures. You know, within Drahada, the amount of derelict buildings, and this has been highlighted a number of times, and the amount of eyesore, both in terms of litter and otherwise, that creates is a real negative impact on it. Now, there are clearly structures in place and legislation in place that the owners of those buildings are accountable for tidying them up, for taking care of them, and presenting them properly, and they are. Things we are working on with the council for enforcement around those buildings, because I fully agree with Frank you know that they need to be addressed, and the owners of those buildings need to uh, you know be part of the solution here mm. in, in regard to it, you know, and we have a lot of those and have been highlighted by a number of issues throughout, unfortunately, with the changing times yes. Um, you know so and I do,
2: do. I do want to say, Jerry, that there are individual groups in uh, who live in areas you know housing developments, estates, and everything that do fantastic work looking yeah. after their grass, their trees, they pick litter, and they do wonderful work thats perhaps not seen and goes unseen, but as you said, the main yeah. thoroughfare of the town and surrounding areas has come into focus here for the littering situation. I just before you go i I wonder yeah. it, it 's a, 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 the biggest town in ireland it 's growing fast it 's pushing out yeah. as well. Is it, you know, the fact that a big urban area is, it's certainly more difficult to enforce, you know, cleanliness than a smaller area?
3: I I have no doubt about that. And and both in terms of size and it definitely is a factor but then again we have more people so there's yes. that opportunity to get more people <laughs> yeah. involved yeah. like I would I would pick up on your comment there Jerry about you know some of the great work being done like you know it, Loud and Bloom is a competition like we have have estates like you know that have won seri- serious prizes mm. in that like Harmony Heights and Wheaton Hall yes. some of the gardens have been best gardens in. you know there's, there is so much good work going on like you know some of the diversity stuff you know we see it at Abacus. We see it at the Red Red Door project. We see it at the Dale. We see all these great works going on by groups of
2: uh, yes, groups and it's just been all. Taken yeah. away from by yeah, yeah, this yeah. littering situation yeah. that really has to be uh, got a grip on. What about a war cabinet, county council yourselves, individual groups, rounds, you know, to come together and, and 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 face this head on? Is that an option?
3: I think I think uh, I know there was a and we see a report in the day, There was a robust discussion with the council and with the council members at the recent meeting. So I think all of those things are up for consideration. This is something we need to change the focus eye right onto the things that are happening positively and get this. As I said, we were, uh, I think, number seven out of 40 back in 2018. We're in the flare mode. We were able to do it. It just demonstrates we can do it and we will do it again. It just needs the full energy of the town and everyone in it and the businesses particularly as we noted, to drive that uh, journey.
2: Jerry, listen, you're very good to join us today. Committee member of Draw the Tidy Towns and contributing for the last number of years. And Amanda, I have to say to you, you're a, a dynamo because you were involved in the recent opening of the Alzheimer's daycare yes. facility and did a great job there. And you're a really good guy to have involved in this as well. Thank Look, you, I yeah. wish you well, and it's in focus now. All we need is some action all round. Yeah, and That's and we,
3: we encourage people to get involved. Like yes. We have a website, we have a social media out there. Okay. So we really encourage people to link out to us and become part of the solution and join some of our groups to drive some new projects.
2: Indeed, and I encourage you, that. Jerry. Draw the tidy towns. Thanks, Jerry. Thank you for Thanks. joining me on the show this afternoon. Really do appreciate it. Litter and the scourge of litter. It's all over the place. I honestly think when I see it I, I just wonder you know it comes down to us as individuals there's no doubt about that you got to take responsibility and you've got to teach your children and talk to people about it that this is just doing your area no good and especially draw it at the minute where it finds itself 39th out of 40 it, it's a an abysmal performance and i think of the people who do go out and give up their time voluntary uh to tidy up and clean and everything it must be a smack in the face when you get a a result like this from an annual uh survey it, it really is and they're doing their best but they just probably feel it's it's a tide coming over them of litter, and you see it i see it myself especially on weekends, after late nights, early mornings, fast food, is a, it has to put its hands up. There's no doubt about it. A lot of the rubbish comes from these late-eating establishments, for sure. And it is the responsibility of people who make money from it to, in turn, make sure they clean up within a reasonable distance of their premises. Terry, <laughs> with regard to the photo you mentioned, uh, I've just been looking at it, the business in question at the bottom of Peter Street are very involved with cleaning at their premises. And it's my understanding that it's people who are living nearby who are leaving rubbish outside. And people in general, uh, in my opinion, need to step up and take responsibility for their own rubbish when they're out. That is very true. It is all our individual responsibilities. Um, I think that picture we, we, we share there you know it was from the night before and it was from premises around the area i have to say rather than i think you know from uh apartments and people you're mentioning there but look thank you for your comment I, i'm glad to read it out for you that's your opinion on it as well somebody else is on there for, uh, about trim uh, why did the council uh, t- remove a bin uh that uh, public waste bin from uh, a council estate in trim somebody in trim not happy about that we're going to meet now alan nolan good afternoon how are you doing, Jerry? How are you? Well, you're a man we've uh, spoken to frequently on this show. Your responsibility is uh, the tidiness and the cleanliness and the picking up in County Meath. And I know you've been covering a number of positions there the last while right across the county. I wanted to talk to you for this, just for this reason and specifically. You are out and about every day. You're dealing with dumping. You, you see the litter situation. What what's the what's the key here? What's the answer? What's the solution, Alan?
4: Um, education, Jerry. I think. Right. I have uh, an acronym I use from it's called UIFs: Uneducated, ignorant, fools. Um I use it quite commonly, <laughs> and uh, I sometimes replace the fools with other... Whatever,
2: yes, I can imagine.
4: ...on uh, language, but um, it's education, Jerry, that's what it is, and it's the old thing of monkey... What monkey see, monkey do, is generational things where parents grew up and they didn't use bins, and they throw them out the sides of the road, and what else are kids going to do in the grow up when he's seen what mummy and daddy are after doing for the last 15, 20 years? Should sure, we can do it? We'll get away with it. Mm. And it, it is what it is, and it's like we done the Green Kilometre Scheme year ago, over a year ago, and we ended up picking up 7,000, 7,500 bags of rubbish. And we continue to pick up 7,000, not 7,000 bags of rubbish a year. But we're continuing to pick up rubbish outside the road. or people are driving out of the road, fire the bottle out the road, fire the waste can, the waste yes. after their lunch. And it's, that's uneducated. Someone has to clean that up. Mm. It, does, it takes thousands of years for bottles to biodegrade, as people know, and glass bottles and stuff like that. Education, like, put the, put, the, put the bottle in the bloody seat beside you or on the ground beside Correct. you. you get home, put, it, put it into your bin when you get home. It does
5: mm. mm. Like, you're
4: getting out of the car. Most people have their bins at the front or the side of the house. What it take? Ten seconds? Yeah. Do it. But, like, there's no point in leaving a wrapper on the side of the road that someone else has to go out and pay tax monitors, taxpayers money to get rid of it. Going at home, put it in your bin and stop being such ignorant fools.
2: Yeah, and you it know, is. Alan, Alan, you know, you see this all the time, and I see it myself. And again, it's especially at weekends, after Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday night, drive out near where I live, out a little bit into the countryside, and you will see where people pick up a takeaway later on or wherever, and just open the windows, and you know yes. what? You see that all the time. It's it's Absolutely. shocking, isn't it? It's shocking.
4: It it is shocking, Jerry. And it's, again, it's down to education, and if the shame catch these people doing it, it would be fantastic. Like. And, it, we can't be everywhere. We're, and at the minute, we're still struggling to get cameras in operation because of GDPR regulations and mm. the Liverpool Pollution Act uh, and the Waste Management Act to allow the use of cameras. And as soon as that happens, we are going to start putting up cameras. And definitely we put up cameras. And we will start catching these people. Mm. But, like, my, my words to people is stop throwing the little sweet wrappers, the big sweet wrappers, the glass bottles, the takeaway. Bring them home and put them in the bloody bin. It's it as simple them. as
2: that. And I take it that schools are doing their best with children are, and everything they are, they to, are, are, to ingrain this into great. them. They are.
4: And Bernadine is our environmental awareness officer and she goes to school, she gives the education and yes. talks. And it's like, it's like everything, you talk to the kids, and I know, definitely, and not just because the job I'm in, if I see my child drop on a sweet wrapper, it's a bloody tip around the ear they get, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, not technically, they won't get a tip around the ear, but you know yes. what I'm saying. Oh they'll get a good, good
2: talking, talking too, I know, and, and you'll tell them for for sure. But it, you know when you're talking about, you, you know the story with Droghada, you, you're familiar, you know, finishing well, one from I, I, bottom I, I again.
4: Cover East, I cover these coast areas, you know, mm. I cover right in parts of Droghada, yes. right up as far as town and honestly... Nothing against the people that draw her death, but we'll just keep your rubbish in County Loud, please, because <laughs> they seem to be doing an awful
2: lot of driving out to County meet to dump Well. And- there, oh, you, go. Worth, worth there that, you go, there you go, and and you're on the ground seeing these things, but you know in the centre of a town, and you, of course you're having me there, the big towns, Kells, Trim, Navin as well, keeping the, the, the centre of the town clean, you know, takeaways, that type of thing, you, yeah. that's a constant, isn't it, for a council?
4: Uh, it's always the constant, Jerry. and like uh, someone was saying to remove their council bin and a housing estate in swim. So I'd say, and I, I don't know, but I can guarantee you, the reason the, housing, the the bin was removed is because people were coming out of the house and dumping bags of rubbish beside it. Mm. Instead of getting an authorized waste collector, like, it could cost you €5 euros for a full, big bag of domestic waste into the recycling centre. There's mm. a lot of people that would fill a bag of waste in a week, and maybe two weeks. Yeah, Get it to the recycling centre, it's €5 euros to get rid of it. Mm. Like, And if you can prove... We, we, people need to be able to prove, under the Litter Pollution Act, of how they're getting rid of the waste. If you go to the recycling centre with your bag, please make sure you get your receipt.
2: Get a receipt. So
4: if I call to your door, if one of the rest was called to your door, where are you getting rid of your waste? There you go, Alan. And that's been... You're covered. You're
2: covered off. Uh, Yes, absolutely. Alan, listen, thanks for taking that call. I know you're busy. Have to leave it there for today. Thank you, as always, for joining us. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, Alan. Great guy. Really committed man to the cleanliness of County Meath. News and weather on the way at 2. Taking us there, it's Westlife.
1: An empty street, an empty house A hole inside my heart I'm all alone,
5: the rooms are getting smaller
2: Back to your comments, uh, he's dead right. Yes, Alan Nolan, the uh, little warden in Mead, was with us uh, just before two. Uh, my children are in their 30s and 40s now. I wouldn't allow a sweet paper out of the car window, says a listener. My car was always like a tip, but it all went into my bin. And they're teaching their children the same morals now. There is a real message in that message to us on Late Lunch. Thank you indeed. Jude's been on to say... I did ask the question, why were the three bins taken away from Crusher Avenue in Drogheda with a chippy, a supermarket, a hair salon and a laundrette and a beauty salon all in the vicinity? Valid question, Jude. You should put it further. Ask the council, push them on it, see what the story is. You need bins in that area. I'm familiar with it well myself. Keep your comments coming to us. 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. Now, my next guest... Is going to make a wonderful offer to you on late lunch in a little while, but we're gonna chat first about him and what he does. He's the man behind Emerald Diving Ireland. He loves his scuba diving. Brian Heron, welcome to the show.
0: Jerry, thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure to talk to you. Today. It's
2: great to have you with us. And may I say before we begin the conversation, your name suits your job. You know one of these people. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I've been told that when I was younger in school they used to call me fish. So it, it, it stayed with me all my life and I've been, I've been diving for almost 20 years now.
2: Have you? My word. And, 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 and what took you down this road when you think back? How did you get into it? I
0: went on holidays many, many, many years ago to Lanzarote mm-hmm. and I always wanted to try it. Mm. So i done what's called a discover scuba. And I went down to the local dive center down there and I had a go. And when I came back, I met up with a few guys and I joined the club. And I stayed with that club for some years and then I loved it so much, I decided that I would turn it into a business where I teach people how to scuba dive. I run trips to the Maldives, Egypt. I spend a fair bit of time going out to Malta teaching technical diving out there. And we dive the length and breadth of Ireland.
2: What a wonderful story, and, and and look at what's emerged from a holiday and a desire that you had to try something. My God Almighty, when you mention all those exotic areas, and of course off the coast of Ireland here as well, what is it? Because we live in a dimension, which is the world and we breathe the air. When you go to this other world, it's another dimension, isn't it, entirely?
0: It is completely different. Any worries, troubles, or whatever you have, have been left on the surface. When you go down, you're just floating around. It's the same as Neil Armstrong was on on the moon, mm. floating around, weightless. It's incredible. You're, you're going to visit things that a very limited number of the population will see. We've been on some shipwrecks. One of the best shipwrecks we ever done was we dived the the Normandy wrecks on the D-Day landings mm. of France,
5: mm.
0: where. They are war graves, and obviously we have a great deal of respect for them. Yes, And to be there and to see the guns, the uniforms from them people, mm. was an amazing experience.
2: So you're able to experience something from history as well, as you say, that the vast yeah, majority yeah, yeah. of people will never see. That's another great aspect to it as well, that you're able to, to, to be there and and see and look back in time as well. It must be really special. Hey, I, I'm an angler and I don't do a lot of sea fishing from time to time for mackerel, but I do a lot of freshwater fishing. Do you see the fish? We do. Lots we of them?
0: See pl- we see plenty of fish on the west coast of mine. Do you? Yeah, I, I've dived with sharks I've dived with whale sharks I've been in the water with manta rays Really? And anything else that's there and it's, the experience is absolutely phenomenal
2: Yeah, another string to your bow when you're down there as well Now tell me this you started obviously at quite a young age and people are listening today perhaps like yourself of any age saying that's something I might like to try Is 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 it for every age? Can you start this later in life as well as uh, Any age Any age
0: I have, I've had people, and I've taught them how to dive, and they've started doing their courses in their 60s.
2: Really? Yeah. Fantastic. And they've I, taken to I it have. and love it, and yeah. yes.
0: I did have one lady who, it was on her bucket list. Yeah. She wanted to try scuba diving. Mm. Her daughters rang me and asked me, could she do it? And we pulled out every stop and she was 86 years of age.
2: (laughs) Good on you, Brian. 86? 86.
0: And we brought her up to the National Aquatic Centre into the pool. Yeah. And she absolutely loved it.
2: Ah, oh, that's a great story and, and a wonderful inspiration to anybody of any age. You mentioned the aquatic centre there with, that I'm familiar with as well. Uh, yeah. So much goes on up there. Is that where you start to learn in an environment yeah. like that? What
0: we it? do, the way the course works is we do five pool sessions in the National Aquatic Centre
5: mm.
0: where you learn 23 skills to be a qualified diver. After you've done your five sessions in the pool, we then go to the west coast of Ireland where you do your qualifying dives. As an open water diver, you will qualify to a maximum depth of 18 metres. Okay. And as you proceed on through your courses, you can then do your advanced open water course. Hmm. Then you go on, you do your rescue diver, and then you you decide on what you want to do. If you think it could be a lifestyle and a, an enjoyable thing to do, you can go on and become instructor and master scuba diver and my technical instructor and stuff like that
2: yeah so it, there is a a, a progression there No, I have a progression I sorry for interrupting you there yeah I have three girls
0: right and one in particular her name was Charlotte and Charlotte was the first student I ever qualified mm. when I became an instructor okay she was 12 years of age she is now an open water scuba instructor mm. she's walked in Malta she walks down in Kerry in a dive centre down there now at the moment Walking away, I have a lovely girl now with me called Heather. Heather is twenty years of age, and she works for me as a diving instructor. And I have another young girl who just qualified, and that was Holly. And the three of them ladies came to start learning to dive with me,
2: and they have progressed through as well. They and have progressed through it, yes. And the, the, the,
0: it is an industry. Mm. And it is a way that people can go into that. Not every person, Jerry, likes to kick a ball or play competitive sports.
2: <laughs> that's so true. I, I've said it and here many it times. Goes. Yes. And we sort of would be the, the forgotten sport mm. in Ireland. Yes.
0: Right? Not everybody wants to go out there and compete. When you go diving with somebody, we are equal. Whether you're a man, whether you're a woman, whether you're a child, whether you're a teenager. Yeah. When we get into the water, we look after each other, regardless of whether I'm 60 years of age. I've been in the water with young girls and young boys that are 16 years of age. They have to look after me, and I have to look after
2: them. Yeah, and that camaraderie is very important. Just a quick question for you. Maybe this is a no-brainer. Must you be able to swim before you, you know, learn to dive?
0: You have to be able to swim a bit. You don't have to be able to swim the channel. Right, you right. have to qualify. You have to do a two hundred meter swim. Okay. Right, but you can do it very slowly. Mm. You can do it in a wetsuit with a mask and snorkel in the sea, and that's not a problem.
2: Okay, so that's that. That that is a basic requirement. Yeah. And and you, you know when you talk about going down and you mention different depths, there is it not for some people? You know, some people who might feel claustrophobic. You know what I'm getting at? I have a fear. Yeah. Look. That's why we teach with such
0: patience.
5: Mm. And
0: that's why you do your courses as you go along. I have people who've done an open water course, and they're happy to go to 18 metres. Yeah. They're nice. It just takes a little bit of time.
2: Okay. And have you seen people that have overcome a fear like I'm talking about? Yes? Oh, yeah. Plenty. I've had many people.
0: that that have wanted to do it. They've loved to do it. They're afraid of what's in the sea. Hmm. Right, they're afraid of the seaweed, of the fish that's there. Yeah, there's nothing in the sea going to harm you. Mm. Mm. If you annoy animals in the sea, they will. If you treat them with respect, they yeah. won't. Yes. We go down. We look. We have a look around, to see what's there. There's some lovely swim-throughs, underwater arches, underwater caverns,
2: caves. Mm. And lots and lots to be experienced. And as well as that, I'm sure you're people who are always conscious of tides and weather and conditions. We and that all comes into be. it. Yeah, We have to look.
0: We have a You plan to dive and you dive the plan. We know when the tide is coming in. We, we were supposed to be away last weekend, but with the storm coming in the west coast of Ireland, the trip got cancelled. Okay.
2: So safety is paramount again.
0: Safety, that's why we, all, we always dive with a buddy. Yeah. You always have somebody with you, and even though you have somebody with you in the water, you have somebody on land that we call the shore marshal that we know, if I say to, if you were with me, I say, Jerry, we're going in now at 2 o'clock, we'll be back at 10 to 3. Hmm. And at 10 to 3, we pop out of that water. If we don't, you start calling the emergency service.
2: OK, so you t- this is taken really seriously. Is it an expensive uh, pursuit to get into?
0: I will say no, but my wife would disagree with that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Do you know what, Brian? <laughs> we're all the same because if I started telling them about the cost of fishing rods and stuff I like that that I, I have, you know, you know no. yourself. We're, we're but Let's let's not talk about this anymore or incriminate ourselves. I hear what you're saying. I hear no, what you're saying. It's, it's not. Look, the no.
0: other courses, that, what I'm offering is the advanced, the open water course and the advanced open water course. That's the that's the two courses that I'm going to offer now to people today. And that would run at about a thousand euros. Okay. Okay. Right. So look, let let, the, let go, go on. Go on. To buy the equipment, if you buy the right stuff,
2: yeah, you can have it for years. Yes, and that's very important to say. Invest, invest well. Yeah, and you get the the value out of it over time. Now, listen, you're here at me today, and I want—I really want to get this out uh, before we finish up. You're going to offer something to listeners today but this right. is very, very important to you because it's about a fella called Declan Murphy. Tell us about Declan.
0: Right. This is going to be the, the difficult part for me. I met Declan just over 12 years ago. I started teaching him how to scuba dive. And from the time we met, we became the best of friends. Hmm. We were basically inseparable. We were as thick as tapes, Right? In 10 years, we've dived in the Maldives, the Normandy wrecks, and the place on the length and breadth of Ireland. We were both avid members of the Mead Civil Defence. We've done medical cover and so many other things that we've done. I haven't been in the water in 10 years without Declan being by my side. He was an unbelievable man and probably the best friend I've ever had. Uh. Unfortunately, just over two years ago, Declan passed away. Okay, And he was 40 years of age.
2: Oh my, oh my. Okay.
0: Uh, So what I'm going to do is, because Declan helped people in his life, it didn't matter what hour of the day you called him at. He was up there with a bed and Mm. he was gone. Mm. And he'd be there to help you. I'm going to offer to lucky people an open water course, an advanced open water course, and a weekend away to complete the whole course. Now, the learning materials that they need for this course has been sponsored by PADI, the Professional Association for Scuba Divers okay. Instructors. Okay, so they're they're on board with this as well. They have to be 18 years of age and be able to reasonably swim. Okay. As I say, they don't have to swim the channel.
2: Mm. And medically cleared to dive. Isn't that important medically as well? Clear, it is important that they have a medical cert that they are able to dive. Yes. Now,
0: everything I've mentioned there is free of charge to the two lucky applicants. One will be a male and one be female. Okay. From the age of 18 years to whatever age, I don't mind. Great. Now, the catch is, like Declan, always there to help somebody. We want the two people... To be nominated by their community. Right. So they have to have done something in the last year during the bad time of COVID to help somebody, somebody that's gone beyond the call of duty. I hear you. I hear you. In their job. Yes. It doesn't matter if it's a young lad that spent every single day of the week going down to some elderly lady or elderly gentleman and making sure they were okay during Covid when we were all locked down and we were all helping each other great we want to give it to somebody that deserves it that
2: deserves it it. so uh, male and female over 18 years of age nominated by uh, somebody listening today as part of a uh, who's part of a community or whatever would say they deserve this they'd love to do this how do they nominate
0: they're going to send an email yep to the dm SS Emerald Diving at Gmail dot com.
2: Is there a forward slash in that address or is it all the one? No, all, all the one. one. It's all the one, yep. So I'll give that again. It's DMSS Emerald Diving at Gmail.com. That's DMSS Emerald Diving at Gmail.com. And we have the details here. If you want to get in touch with us at LMFM, we'll certainly be only glad to pass it on to you. It's a fantastic offer. Roughly speaking, how much is it worth? Uh, how much is it worth? The open water
0: course at the moment is 600 euros. Yes. And the advanced open water course is 500 euros. Okay. And the weekend away is about another 400 euros.
2: Good God almighty. 1,500 euro at least and upwards with all the instruction and Damn. everything else involved. Yeah.
0: What I'm going to do now as well. Okay, because you've been so good to me. Because we're going through COVID and everything else, I'm going to give each of the applicants or each of the winners their own mask and their own snorkel.
2: There you go. So you're going to get the gear as well. The
0: the winners will be chosen by Declan's wife, Janice. Yes. And her son, Quinn. Ah, that's right. And their son, Quinn.
2: They're going to pick the winners for this. They're going to pick the winners. OK, well listen, we have it now and we have the email address that you nominate to dmssemeralddiving at gmail.com. We'll be back to you when you get your two to follow up on this. Is this OK? We will. I'm
0: going to put it up on our Facebook page and anybody Lovely. who wants to become friends of emeralddivingireland.ie, please do so and then they can share it.
2: Lovely, lovely, lovely. Great to talk to you today, and we'll be back to you anon. Thanks for joining me on the show, Brian. Thank you very, very much. Thank you very much. Not at all. Take care of yourself. Brian Heron there, great guy. What an offer that is. I'll mention it just one more time. DMSSEmeraldDiving at gmail.com. Oh, I love that song. Love that, man. David Gray and Babylon on your late lunch. This almost midsummer afternoon on LMFM radio, and with midsummer in mind, just to mention that there's a midsummer road race happening uh, in Drogheda, and you can just about get in up till the end of today. Uh, it's happening on the 17th of June, which is. Uh, tomorrow at 8 o'clock I, I think that's the closing date for uh, the closing date for it um, anyway entry is 20 euro uh, online uh, you can enter at myrunresults.ie it closes at midnight tonight And there is a late entry available uh, from six o'clock in the Barbican. That's in the Barbican Centre and rather this Friday. I'll take, I'll just clarify that for you, that it is happening. It's a midsummer race, but it looks like it's happening on the 17th of June. I'll come back to that one in a moment. Louise, did you see that message there from a listener? They said, Jerry, I've sat and watched those divers in Lanzarote and thought it would be great to be able to do that, but I can't swim. So I just keep watching them.
6: Uh Um, That's why I I just assumed if you were scuba diving that you didn't necessarily have to know how to swim
2: Mm, You do and you you Mm, heard Brian talking about that
6: Can you swim? No I can't swim I actually have to get out of the shower to wash my hair I can't I can't handle soap and water in my eyes You can't swim? No did you never learn as a child, no? I remember I was about 10 and I my cousin persuaded me to go to swimming lessons because she said that the ice ice uh, caps were going to melt and the only way to survive was if we knew <laughs> how to swim. So I was yeah, I was about yeah, I was about 8 actually and I went and the girl said, "You look nervous. You're in first. And that was it. I was terrified and never went back.
2: Well, Louise, that was yesterday, yesteryear. Mm. The ice caps are nearly gone. You no, better yeah. get you better get your bikini on and get to a pool imagine, fast.
6: Imagine believing that.
2: Imagine believing that. Imagine it's right.
6: You're going to swim forever. But Louise,
2: there are a lot of people I know myself I have to say that can't swim either. Can they, you not swim either? I can. Oh yes, oh, okay. I can swim. Yeah, but there are I have friends who cannot swim. Mm. like yourself as well Uh, oh I can swim because we learned in Gormanston. we had no pool in Drogheda for years we were collecting for swimming pool in Drogheda for about half a century I don't know where the bloody money went but anyway a pool was built eventually eventually it was of course the money went to the pool and was built the old pool because the new pool is beside us here where we sit today Uh, the Aura Leisure Centre it's beautiful but um, there was an older pool on that site before that but my time was even before that so I went to Gormanston and Mrs. Reed from Balls Grove was fantastic she organized the buses and we went to garma and we learned to swim and thank God I did from a young age uh I, I learned to swim and I I'm very grateful I did and I love swimming I don't do it enough I, I'm on holidays I love you know going yeah. in and swimming and that but uh, I think it's something everybody should really learn if you haven't learned and listen like Brian said earlier on in the scuba Louise you mm, can learn at any age to swim and
6: my kids can all swim we've all Great. You know, and my husband can swim of it as a living yes of course they just I, they think it's hilarious when we go you know, yes. and I'm and they're all in the pool, and oh, I'm kind of Louise, going, Louise, no, no, Louise. not gonna, not in Or if I am, I'm, I'm, I'm hanging on to the bars I'm like, setting
2: you a challenge no, on late no. lunch today, right?
6: If I could wash my hair first in the shower, then no, I think. that you're going
2: to learn to swim, Louise. Would you do it? I don't know. Would you do it now? Come on. I don't know.
6: I'd have to look into it. It'd depend on time-wise. Oh, please um, do think about Was everybody it. looking at me?
2: <laughs> Will you go out at that, for the love of God? No one's looking at you. Just get in As and do just... it. Oh, anyway, what know. do you think, folks? Afraid. Should Louise learn to swim? Come on, folks. <laughs> what do you think? Should our Louise learn to swim? Let me know if you feel she should or if you think leave her be and leave her as she is 086-1800-658 Does that count? (laughs) (laughs) No, it doesn't 086-1800-658 Should Louise learn to swim? Come on, I'd love to hear from you on late lunch this afternoon Yes Yes, she should. Anyway,
6: after the break. A pantomime season. <laughs>
2: oh, yes, she will. It's too early for that yet. Anyway, after our break, uh, stay with us in late lunch. We have a lovely lady to meet. Yvonne Hayes is her name. And she's going to tell us all about her lovely boy, Aaron. Just reminding you again about Pound the Pavements. Yes, you do know here at LMFM Radio, we've teamed up with the Loudmead branch of Down Syndrome Ireland to get you out walking, running, jogging, hopping, skipping over these weeks in June and it's supporting a wonderful organisation – Pound the Pavements is running from June 1st and wraps up on the longest day next week. All you have to do is 21 kilometres before the 21st. You do that between now and then. So there's still time to register and sign up. €10 per person, €20 for a family. More information on lmfm.ie or dsilmb.ie. And you can also uh, register today on myrunresults.com. So come on, get going, there's still time. And with uh, Pound the Pavements in mind, I'm delighted to be joined on the show this afternoon by Yvonne Hayes, whose lovely little boy. Aaron is his name. He's four years of age, was born with Down syndrome. Hello, Yvonne. Hello, Terry, how are you? I'm really good. Thank you for joining us on the show today. Look, when he arrived... This obviously came as a shock to you.
7: Um, Aaron's diagnosis was after birth, and yes, it was a shock. Um, But I think, do you know what, I looked at the little baby in the incubator, Aaron wasn't very well after he was born, so he was Mm. taken to the NICU. And that was my my, my son, my child, and um, it didn't really matter you know, once um I suppose we learned about Down syndrome. Um I have to confess I didn't know too much about it at all uh prior to Aaron coming along to my life really. But um you know, we realised you know, it's an intellectual disability yep. he will do everything and he has proven that he will do things it will take him longer there's lots of repetition for him to learn something and he works extra extra hard um, but he gets there and he's so proud of himself and happy hmm. when he does so um, he's, he's just like the other two children that I have, you know, very, yes. very proud of them all.
2: Ah, oh, good on him. And I know he's had his challenges. There's, it goes without saying, like, as you say, the worry when they go to the intensive care, the special care initially. And he's, he's had to battle in his uh, four little years, hasn't he?
7: He has, yes. Um, Aaron was having a few feeding issues. Um, and through a video fluoroscopy, we discovered that Aaron silently aspirates his fluids. So for six months, he was fitted with an NG tube and um, then a more permanent kind of fixture in his stomach. Um, He has a a Mikey button, is what it's called. So the majority of the fluids that he would um, intake during the day would go through that. Now, over time, um, we're kind of weaning him slowly off that and he can drink orally, but um, it it has been a challenge. It's time-consuming. It's, you know, a parent that has no qualifications in nursing at all pretty much learning how to be a nurse and yes. look after your son um by changing the button every couple of months changing the water in the button making sure everything is clean making sure he's getting enough fluids and things like that so um he's kind of taken it, you know as so suppose like a duck to water he knows mm. no different mm. but you know as a family it hasn't um, I suppose it's been the easiest of time but you know it's our norm now and um hopefully in the near future um you know he might be able to uh, lose the button completely yes. we'll see but um like even with those challenges, he's still a happy little child. Um, mm. He's he's wired to the moon and he just loves life, you know, and that's, I suppose, that's fantastic, you know.
2: Oh, yes, he's a smart boy, I know. He's a very caring child. He's funny. And for him, every day, he's picking up so much. You can see that, can't you, every single day?
7: Every single day. Um, we call Aaron the copycat because he mimics everybody and everything. Um, yes. He's a very, very visual learner Um. And every every time someone, he's he's really, I suppose at the moment, concentrating on his speech. He doesn't like to be misunderstood, and I suppose nobody does. And it's hard for him when he's trying to communicate, he's trying to make an effort, and the sound mightn't come across as, you know, the actual thing that Mm. he's looking for. So through, um, I suppose, pointing and love uh, sign language that we use with Aaron and repetition, again, with sounds going through phonics, um, it does help him. And he is, he is very clever. You know, when he wants something, he will do it. And, um, you know, he loves to sing. He, we find that his speech comes on very well when he's singing along to songs. At the moment, his favourite song is The Down and The O," and to listen to him sing it along <laughs> with, with the song. It's actually lovely. Yes. You know, um, he's, he's, he loves um, running. Like, he's very, very fast. He'd run anywhere. Um, when he does something, he's very proud of himself. You know, the latest thing, I suppose, he's conquering, jumping off the curb or jumping on the trampoline. It's something that, you know, all of us would take for granted. Yeah. But a child like Aaron, he really does have to work on his balance, on his core, um, to do little things like that. But yes. um, he's getting there and he just, he just wants to be, you know, in the gang. He just wants to be, you know, and he has overcome like, good few held, held obstacles, but, you know, he's doing great, you know, he started in swimming lessons, he absolutely loves the water, um, throwing water around, being in the water, and um, we have him in uh, the, GA, the local GAA club, right. in academy, so, like that, we just want to, um, he's looking at his older brother and sister, and he just wants to do what they do.
2: Of course, you know? of and course. fantastic. And he know? will, of course he will, and here's the point here, the branch, the local branch, of course, which you uh, knew nothing about before his birth, and suddenly you, you're looking round to see wh- where is their support or help? Where can I find out? Where can I, you know, get the information and, and speak to others? They've been invaluable, haven't they, for you?
7: They've been absolutely fantastic. Um, it's, a, it's a lovely community to be involved mm. in. Um, lovely families and lovely advice, like genuine advice of parents that would be a couple of years ahead of us of and like that if you have questions or queries that your own friends mightn't be able to answer because they're not in your situation um, you have the people there you have uh, different opportunities um, social events that you can meet people you know there's sibling workshops that my daughter attends at the moment and that's fantastic for the likes of her she goes along with all the other siblings of children with Down Syndrome and it's just about them you know they all have something in common but it's a day for the the light to shine on them because that's something that's very important in families often when a child with a disability or medical issues is in a family everybody else at times gets overshadowed and that can be difficult and as a parent sometimes you're aware of it and sometimes you're caught in the moment and you, you forget it so it's very important to have something extra um, for the other people in the family. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't even remember how many times I've asked for advice of parents and um, the first parent I ever met was, amazing. It was a parent supporting that lady that came out to my home, very good friends with her and I remember her telling me that her son, you know, she, he can ride a bike and, you know, he plays rugby with his friends and, you know, he's in mainstream school and Aaron was only two or three weeks old at that time and I was kind of saying to myself, oh God, this is brilliant, because you do fear the unknown. I yes. did fear the diagnosis, it was the unknown of mm. what his capabilities are, how accepted he actually might be, and it is a fear, but the fears are gone. Um, he's a wonderful child, and, um, you know, I, I, honestly, I'm blessed, I'm blessed that he's in my family, I'm blessed, you know, he's my son, and yes. um, people currently think, oh God, yeah, you know, um, you're blessed to you know, have him, and they're completely right. You know, he's mm. just... Um, now, he can be a devil at the same time. <laughs> of you know, course, of course. You know, he really can, but his new word is, sorry. So even <laughs> as he's doing what he's not supposed to be doing, sorry, <laughs> ma'am, that's what he says,
2: and you're just kind of saying to yourself, oh, God, what am I going to do? Yeah, isn't that lovely? <laughs> you know? Lovely. Yeah. Oh, you see, he's picking it up fast, that's the thing, and I want to give a big shout-out to Daisy Chain, and to all yeah. his friends there and the people there, he loves it.
7: Do you know what Daisy Chain Crash are? They're absolutely fantastic. Aaron has been there two years. Um, we got him an overage exemption, so he's actually going to attend for a third year. Um, so he, please God, now will start school in September twenty twenty three. Um, I've never met staff like them. Um, I've never met children like them. They're just fantastic. They take the time, and I know he gives them a run for their money when he's in there as well. But they, they really are you know, um, dedicated to looking after Aaron's needs and his development and they're so welcoming and so warm and he just loves it. When he comes out, he does the sign for school and he just wants you to ask him, he'd say good day to me and I'm like, yeah, I had a good day. Did you have a good day? And he'd be like, yeah, you know, and he he can say a few of his friends' names, which is fantastic. So, you know, we're looking forward to um, his, you know, his final year, please God, start in September and that's, I suppose, the countdown to prep him for a big school So, and there'll be a good bit of work now to do with him, but, um, you know, we're all behind him and we just want him to have the best start in primary school, um, be it mainstream or special school, whatever he's capable um, for and I'm working. But no, they're fantastic, really are.
2: May I say something to you? Yeah. You are a wonderful advocate for the Loudmead branch of Down Syndrome Ireland. Do you know that? You are? You're wonderful, I have to say this to you Yvonne and and I know you've received so much from them and that reassurance and being in that wonderful group but you now are, you know uh carrying the torch for them as well and you're brilliant i want to say that to you just uh, before we finish up because we are uh, in lmfm radio as you know uh, right behind pave the pa- pa- pound i would get this right at last it's hard <laughs> to say at times pound, pound, the
0: pound,
2: pound the pavements again this year and that all money's going to the branch and it means so much doesn't it? you remember there now you know what this money means it means,
7: it, like, it's, it's huge. And can I just say that as a parent, um, it can be very difficult at times to juggle the likes of Aaron's needs, your si- his sibling's needs, and that this is why an event like Panda the Pavements helps us. <clears throat> it hel- helps take the pressure off the parents, you know, because you have so much going on at home. You may look, you may make it look like it's easy, but at times it's not, you know. Even though, you know, the joy you get from your child is fantastic, it's hard work. And when you have an event like Pen the Pavements, and people donate and businesses contribute and things like that. It really um, just takes the pressure off, and that makes the branch run more smoothly because the funds are there. The children, the teens, and the adults can get everything that they they deserve and they need, do you know what I mean, to develop and just to enjoy their life to the full. Um, And just, I suppose, while talking about um, Pound the Pavements, I just want to say a huge thank you to LMFM for coming on board a second year in a row to support us. We're beyond grateful, and also our other um, sponsor, Indiver um, business, we're so so grateful for them for their donation, their support this year. Um honestly, it's just been fantastic and we're so, so um,
2: appreciative. Oh, you are so welcome. You really are. It's a wonderful, wonderful thing uh, again this year for us to uh, do what we can for you. And I remind people again, there's still time. It's only 21k and it's not next week, the 21st. You can get in there, register 10 euro uh, for an individual, 20 for a family. Oh, you can donate as well. Check it out on our website or on dsilmb.ie and if you're registering for the yeah, pound the Pavements, com. I'll tell you what, I'd want you fronting my campaign any day, I have to say. <laughs> well done to you and best wishes to your family, your other children and especially to the little man himself, Aaron, who's going great. We wish you all well.
7: Oh, Jerry, thanks very much. It
2: was a pleasure to talk to you.
7: Thank you and so much. And
2: my pleasure Have too. Have a great day. Take care. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. Isn't she just brilliant and lovely and everything besides Yvonne Hayes there? You just got to donate. Get donating. You're supporting something really special. Listen to this, Louise. My daughter recently got a beautiful bouquet of flowers from a 76-year-old lady that she taught to swim only ever paddled in water and never used a shower. So, yes, Louise, you can do it.
6: <laughs> get a bouquet and of flowers. I, I've got... <laughs> your chance,
2: chancer. And I'm getting messages through my personal <sighs> phone saying here, yes, she can as well. So...
6: There are easier well, ways to get rid it, of me, you it. know. No.
2: Oh, my God, I might get rid of it. We want you to swim. We want you to be able to go with Owen and the gang and do your bit of swimming as well. Think about it. She's going to think about it. I'll look into it. I Of prom- oh, course she will. Mm-hmm. She's going to look into the pool and say, it's lovely. Oh, that swoon <laughs> pool is lovely. Gorgeous. Tip her toe in it. Mm. Anyway. We'll see, we'll see, we'll see what happens. Late long, tell FM radio. My soundtrack, I've lined up another cracker from Tina Turner, two after three. But taking us to news, weather and sport, this beautiful Thursday afternoon in the northeast. it's John Cougar, Mellencamp, a classic. Little duty about Jack and Diane, two American kids growing up
5: in the heartland.
2: Now, my musical this week is all about Tina Turner. Yes, it's Tina Turner, the musical. And the stage show, I have to tell you, was recognised at the prestigious Olivier Awards in London in 2019 with three nominations, winning Best Actor for Cobner Holbrook-Smith. In fact, it was his debut. He played the uh, part brilliantly of Ike Turner and picked up the Olivia there. Some start for that guy. Stateside then in 2020 at the annual Tony Awards, which, of course, I remind you again at the Oscars of the stage, the show received a whopping 12 nominations and it won Best Actress this time round for Adrienne Warren, who played Tina Turner really to a T. She was absolutely brilliant. The show, look, if you talk to people, listen to people who've been at it, it's an absolute cracker. But there are some corny moments, it has to be said, in the performance, too. However, overall, you'll hear people who've been to it say that it's touching, real life drama, uplifting entertainment that will have you on your feet as the story unfolds. Today, I play for you from the album Private Dancer, Tina, with our first and only number one single in the USA. Three minutes, 48 seconds of pop perfection. Enjoy.
5: You must understand the touch
1: of your hand makes my pulse react That it's only the thrill of boy meeting girl opposite the it's
5: physical, only logical. You must try to ignore that and mean more.
2: Tina Turner, what's love got to do with it? Well, tell me, what Everything. has it done? <laughs>
6: <laughs> Come here, Gerry. A lot of love um, out there in Slane today. Mm. Um, we got a, a nice uh, text in. Thank you, uh, Frank Taff. They were at the funeral of the bomber Murphy earlier today. And oh, Jerry, it was lovely. You paid tribute to him earlier this week um, with the Bat Out of Hell. And he said, "Hi, Jerry. Just to let you know, at today's funeral of our friend and former Ross and Rovers player, your tribute was played at the gravestone at the graveside, uh, and he rung all over Slane."
2: Oh my God, Almighty! Isn't mm. that just really touching? To think that you know things things affect you. You know, um, you know. Yeah, this but to hear,
6: you know, he was obviously such a larger oh. than life person that was loved by everybody and yeah. and I've heard loads of people have come oh I've heard mm. that or whatever mm. Um, but obviously you know you said what everybody wanted to say mm. and, which is really nice that it was shared so many times oh
2: thank you mm. and thank you Frank for letting us know uh, to have it played at the graveside and batter hell he says rung out all over slain I just mm. see the message there that's so nice isn't it That uh, thank you for letting us know that we really do appreciate, and I'm really touched I have to say to think that uh, that happened today. But he was, I say again, what a lovely man. And he's only in his 50s. He was all too young to to go, you know, to be honest with you. But they are. Yeah, I'm sure he had a tremendous send-off today with all his friends and all the people who mm, loved him. Absolutely. Uh, you know, it's a sad, sad day. But uh, thanks, Frank, for letting us know. We really do appreciate it. Final break of the afternoon on Late Lunch. And he's back. Yes, he's back. He's the biggest supporter of Oliver Crummel, I'd say, in this country for sure and maybe anywhere yes he's uh, back with a brand new book. Tom Riley with us next. I think it's fair to say my next guest is in a minority of one because when you mention the name Oliver Cromwell in this neck of the woods and in Ireland well my god there's only thoughts of murder and mayhem but Tom Riley has been consistent in his view on the man which differs from the vast majority. He's written four previous books uh, about Cromwell and he's back with a new one called The Protector The Fall and Rise of Oliver Cromwell Tom welcome back to Late Lunch Come well, on, Jerry. <laughs>
8: I'm gonna disagree with that. It's not fair to say that I'm
2: a a minority of one. And you know that, Jerry. <laughs>
8: There's at least two people out there who are favourite
2: of Well, I wanted to be dramatic with the introduction. You understand yeah. yourself, Tom? Yeah. Anyway, congratulations because this book is right and is riding high and has been riding high even nearly before it's publici- published, Tom. Yeah,
8: yeah, it's just one of those things. It's been gone gone a while. It takes a while to get a book published. So we've been um, the gestation period has been about a year Mm. since I signed the contract, and um, it's actually coming out now on the twenty fourth of June. So it's not even out yet, but Amazon um, pre order sales are extremely good. So it just shows you. It's the first time I've written a novel. This is fiction. A lot of people might say some of my previous books are fiction too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but this is, um, it's its a kind of, it's the same message. You and I have been talking about this, Jerry, for years. Yes. Um, you've had me on intermittently. Um, believe it or not, it's 22, 23 years ago since written, I wrote a book called Cromwell, An Honorable Enemy, which started the ball rolling. And uh, so I've been doing this for a long time. So there are generations coming through who um, won't know that uh, I'm out there banging this drum. Ah, well, it,
2: um well, they do now, I have to say. And and well done again to be topping Amazon, as you say, with the uh, uh, pre-sales. So, look, it, it augurs well because people are, are curious and interested, no matter what we say, to read about this guy. A tender father, an admirable man, a reluctant overachiever. Tom, really? <laughs> really, Tom?
8: yeah well he's he's been he's being much maligned jerry you know this is this is what um it's I've come from where you are and where most people in in this town started off. i mean I had exactly the same biases that um you know everybody is inducted with, with when you have uh, the Irish education that we've all had um but i i you know i, I wiped the slate, slate clean, I looked at the facts and I realized that that History is written by the winners, and there's so much myth and legend, and there's a mire of propaganda to get through. And yes, that's the Cromwell I found. In all fairness, um, he was a product of his time. You know, it's almost impossible looking back from this distance to to uh, judge because it, it's a different planet then, really. You know, he was. Um, you know, he, he, his story itself is ph- phenomenally interesting. He became from an unknown farmer to head of state um within eleven years it 's a real rags to riches story he 's the only commoner ever to rule england um you know and he's he 's obviously still the most hated man in ireland but but all these things um all go well for a good story so this is what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to get my message out there now to a different audience. The same message, but a different audience.
2: And you put yourself in issues, and what I will credit you with, and this is very important to say, you uh, reference a primary source and, and a valid source for uh, this book right through, Tom.
8: Yeah, that's the, that, that's the key, Jerry. as far as I'm concerned. like Like, people were very literate in those days, and they wrote. So we have a lot of documented evidence from the time, now, the thing is, you know, you have to... It's, it's a case of not believing all you read, so you you generally need, you know, a couple or three mm. corroborating pieces of evidence. But, yeah, it's that's that's the key for me. I mean, you know, it's it surprises people to realise that there are no details, no details whatsoever, of civilian deaths um, documented at Drogheda or at Wexford. In other words, all of the eyewitnesses who saw it, nobody said anything whatsoever about civilian deaths. So mm. the, one of the things that bothers me most is that, and, and you might ask why does it matter, but as you said, it's an interesting, um, you know, period in history, is that right now on the school curriculum, you know, there's a book uh, called History in Focus, and it's aimed at 12 to 15-year-olds. And, and you know, and, and all joking aside, it, 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 these 12 to 15-year-olds have been told categorically that Cromwell killed 3,500 inhabitants at Drogheda and 4,000 uh, civilians at Wexford. Now all that does is, and it's 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 um, it's a fact. It fosters anti-English sentiment. Mm. But is that a
2: fact, Tom? Those figures stand up.
8: Jerry, I, I'm quoting you directly uh, yes. from from that book, and they do yeah. not stand up. That's no historian worth their salt would stand over those 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 um, that, the, the text in that book. It's, it's published by Fallon's. I'd like everybody to, to have a look at it and, and challenge the, the publisher because I did, and I was dismissed as an amateur. Um, but you know, a lot of historians. Um, you know, believe what I say, and they uh, they understand that primary source references are, are are key to all of this. And and while um, you know they 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 sometimes you know they close ranks and and they don't uh, outwardly support what I'm saying. You know, there's there's a lot of historians who do. So in a hundred years, maybe Jerry, when I'm dead and gone, or two hundred years, this will filter through. But it's absolutely the case. I'm not on my own. This will absolutely flip uh, totally to mighty so
2: uh my referencing of wikipedia earlier today as i prepared to chat to you where it gives those <laughs> figures they're going to have to adjust that as well hey but come back to this book because you know you have the murder of a king unbelievable as you said the first commoner to lead uh you know england and and never happened since uh but in the book you you cover off that and um, there's intrigue in it uh, there's slaughter the civil war but well, there's a touch of Mills and Boon, Mister <laughs> uh, Mister Riley. Is that's that fair scary. to say?
8: <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of people who have read it and they can't look me straight in the face no, anymore. No. <laughs> <laughs> well. they're mostly, they're mostly of the female persuasion. Um, well, it it simply comes from the fact that that when when I decided to write the novel, anybody who I spoke to said, "Oh, look, you got to put something in that's racy," mm. um, and I'm thinking, how can I possibly do that? Because this <laughs> Cromwell and things racy don't sort of go hand in hand um, but no my imagination just went wild and, and uh, that's uh, yeah there's, there's a few instances a few uh little bits in there that maybe shouldn't be shown to children. So uh,
2: Yes, and we understand that. Uh, so don't blush when you meet Tom out and about. He's uh, <laughs> had enough blushing for, for, for the next while anyway. That's Look at crazy. it. I, I have to congratulate you because you come back to it from another angle entirely and you bring something else. I want to say that again. To this debate, and it will, it will inspire people to take up uh, uh, reading a little more about this history and, and those times as well. The book, it's it's uh, about to uh, be published. Where is it available, Tom?
8: It's available everywhere, Jerry. It's available in Waterstones, all the online good, book good. stores everywhere. So you know, it's, it's very easy to get. Um, just go on Amazon is the, is the main one, really. To be honest, just click on Amazon. And um, you know, you meet me on the street. You can you can say what you like, um, but uh, and I get a lot of abuse, to be honest. And, I, and I I'm willing to take it. You know, yeah, yeah. I've had death, death threats as well. I know we're winding up, but I've had death threats as well, which don't really help. But this is the the country we live in, you know. So, mm. Um, mm. It's, uh, but anyway, look, the facts are the facts, and you can't argue with them.
2: Yeah, and as well as that, you know, everybody's uh, entitled to have their say and their opinion, and. Uh, and uh, in, involving yourself or anyone who does and stuff like that is just a complete no-no and it has to be condemned out of hand anyway the book is called The Protected The Fallen Rise of Oliver Cromwell it is a novel it brings an interesting uh, many interesting angles to uh, the discussion and it's available all over at this stage well done to you again and I have would you believe it your publishers sent me three copies so I'm going to hold <laughs> them over till tomorrow because I'd like some to give them away to some listeners and I'll give it a good mention for you again tomorrow on the show, Tom. Thanks for joining me. I appreciate it. Thanks, sir. No bother. Take care of yourself. Bye bye. No That's bother. Tom Riley there about his new book, The Protector. I'll give them away tomorrow on Friday's late launch. And tomorrow, Sarah Carey is joining us. Very interesting angle on what's happening in Ireland with inflation, etc., at the moment. Marty Morrissey's in the house. David Sheehan does the sport. We've got comedy. TV theme competition and I'll round off Tina the Musical and more besides coming your way from 1.30 Friday. Paul McKenna's up next with The Drive. Stay with us here on LMFM Radio. Have a lovely Thursday evening and do come back for the final show of the week this lovely June time here on LMFM Radio tomorrow lunchtime. See you then.
1: The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors Opal. Draw to Cavan. Discover the all-new Opal Mokka, featuring Opal's iconic new signature visor, stunning Opal Pure Panel, and a choice of petrol, diesel, or fully electric. The new Opal Mokka is less normal, more Mokka. Visit blackstonemotors.ie
7: Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom.
6: Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com.
1: It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com.
6: A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend.